This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Last time I spoke, we talked about the fundamentals of sin. And uh, little did I know I would, prob- I would end up springboarding off of that sermon into, into this one. And, and I enjoyed talking about the, the fundamentals of sin and just going back and, and kind of having, I hate to say we had a refreshing sermon on sin, but somewhat refreshing, you know, just the basics of sin and what sin is. And to me, the best way to follow up a sermon like that was to do something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more uh, comforting. And so this afternoon, I want to talk about the fundamentals of forgiveness or the basics of forgiveness. We can't talk about forgiveness without talking about sin. Uh, It's hard to talk about sin without talking about forgiveness. And the two are, are intertwined in that way. As we go throughout our study this afternoon, we're going to very briefly in a couple verses review our, my last sermon on sin, and we'll ask uh, the question, what is forgiveness? Look at the points that uh, just like sin, where everyone commits sin, everyone needs forgiveness, and then the good news that God offers forgiveness. We're going to ask the question, how can I obtain forgiveness? And this will uh, be a broad way of looking at that for for those who may not be Christians and for those who are already Christians. How do I continue to obtain that forgiveness? And then finally, as we close, we're going to look at the fact that forgiveness leads to reward. And so like I said uh, previously in in the other sermon, I may not teach you anything brand new today, and that's okay. It's a good thing to go back and to look at Some of these, I guess, uh, Christian principles, some of these basics of the scriptures, and get a refresher on that, and remember how important it is. It's important that we know about sin and what sin does. It's important we know about forgiveness and how to continually obtain that forgiveness in our lives. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 4, it says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Last time we talked about transgression and sin being uh, equal words. They are interchangeable, basically. Or transgression of law and sin are, are interchangeable. Anything that is transgression of God's law is sin. Anything that is sin is, is in fact, a transgression of God's law. And we talked about Adam and Eve and how Adam and Eve had two different uh, l- commandments that were given to them there when they were in the garden. And that was to not eat of the fruit that was in the midst of the tree of the garden. And that was a negative commandment that they were given. But God also gave them a positive commandment, which was to take care of the garden, to dress and keep it. And to not do something God has told you to do is sin. Had they not dressed or kept the garden, that would have been sin. And then we know they went on and they ate of that fruit. And to do something God told them not to do, that was sin. And then we, we talked about what sin does and, and what the result of sin is. And we find that in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23 where it says for the wages of sin is death. Last time we we equivalented sin uh, to debt. And how anybody has committed sin is is at debt to God and they owe a debt and that debt must be paid. 
And that every single sin that's ever been committed by you or the person next to you or in everybody in the history of the world, their sin and the debt of their sin will be paid for. And it's either us who's going to pay for that debt on our own or it's, or it's going to be Jesus who pays that debt. Now, like I said, forgiveness and sin are, are pretty intertwined. And so some of the things we talked about forgiveness, we, we talked about the same verse or something very similar when we talked about sin. And so we're going to use some of, some of the same verses but look at them in a different way. The first question I want to answer is what is forgiveness? Understand that this afternoon as we look at, at forgiveness and we study this word study, I guess so to say, that we're looking at this as, as being forgiven of sins, something that God forgives us of. We're looking for this forgiveness from God. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, here it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, speaking of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And Romans 3 and verse number 24 says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus. And so we see here that we have the forgiveness of sins, that we have being justified freely. When you look throughout the scriptures, there are many different ways that forgiveness may be worded or may be talked about. And the word justified can talk of somebody who's been forgiven or, be, or somebody who is being forgiven. Uh, if you remember several years ago, Mike McCorkle had our summer meeting, and he used the word justified to say it's just as if I'd never sinned. And that's really stuck in my mind uh, since that time. And so the word justified can mean somebody who is forgiven or, or forgiveness. You might see the word redeemed or the word redemption or uh, the word remission, talking about remission of sins, uh, among many others that I'm certainly leaving out. Here in these two verses, we see uh, that, that freedom of sins or forgiveness of sins is offered. We also see why and how the forgiveness of sins is offered. The Bible tells us that the, the, the forgiveness of sins is offered according to the riches of God's grace. I think it's important to know that forgiveness is totally dependent on God's grace. That God doesn't owe us anything. That God doesn't owe us forgiveness that God doesn't owe us not one single thing. Romans says that being justified freely by his grace, and then they tell us how we are. We're forgiven because of the grace of God, but, but the why is shown there through the redemption of Jesus' blood or, or through the redemption that is in Christ, as Romans says it. Forgiveness is, is dependent on the grace of God, which he offers, and the forgiveness of sins is because Jesus died for us on the cross. Without, without Jesus' death, there is no forgiveness. And so when we look at forgiveness, we have to know that that is because of, in total, to, to Jesus' death on the cross and through the redemption that was Jesus' sacrifice. Now I want to look at how God views forgiveness. And in just these couple verses... God views forgiveness differently than you and I do. And he, he proves it here in Hebrews and in Isaiah. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And Isaiah says, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me for I have redeemed thee. 
We see the way that, that God treats sin, forgiven sin. And we've heard t- teacher after teacher stand in the pulpit and say, well, it doesn't really mean that it's forgotten, but it's forgiven. And that, that really is the truth. God, God's not going to forget that we've done anything. But whenever he says he will remember our sins no more, he means that he's going to put it away. He's going to put it to the side. What happens whenever you and I forgive each other and, and that sin can be great or small or that, uh, that offense may be great or small, but if Brandon does something to me and he ticks me off and, and he comes and asks for my forgiveness, well, I'll, I'll probably forgive him, but then next time I'm going to go, well, you know, Brandon did that to me once before. He might do that again. Be thankful that God doesn't do that. I may remember what Brandon's done to me, but the point is if he comes and asks for my forgiveness, then I'm going to put it away. That's the way we should do it. That's the way God does it. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like that never happened. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that I'm not expecting him to do that again. How many times have we asked for God's forgiveness for the same thing? And what if he went, okay, you're forgiven, but I, I'm watching you, and I know you're going to do it again, you filthy scoundrel. Instead, the Bible says that he, he remembers that no more. He puts it away. And he's not sitting there waiting for you to mess up again. He's forgiven you. In Isaiah, he says he's blotted out sin as a thick cloud or as a cloud. And basically the idea is we've all seen a a big monstrous cloud up in the sky that just dwindles down to nothing. And that's the the illustration that I get from this verse, that God has blotted that away and it, it just dissipates down to nothing. When God forgives sin, he forgives it completely and totally. I think it's important that we understand that. It's hard for us too. Maybe you're having a problem with a particular sin and you have for your whole life or for a long time, something that you've struggled with. It's important to remember that when God has forgiven you of something, he's forgiven you completely and totally forever. And the sins that you've committed in the past and been forgiven of, you don't have to worry about those any longer. And finally, you'll get tired of this verse this afternoon. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Bible says, uh, Paul says there that uh, it is the gift of God. And speaking in a way about forgiveness, that, that it is a gift from God. I said just moments ago, God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe you forgiveness. He doesn't owe me forgiveness. It's a gift that he's given. And there's not an amount of good things you can do in order to be worthy of that forgiveness. It's important to know that we, we get what is forgiveness, we get it through Jesus. We get it through God's grace. And that it's something that when God forgives of it and he does away with it, it's completely and totally done away. It's not something that he's going to keep thinking of and remembering and holding you accountable for. And maybe most importantly, it's a gift. It's something that God has given us by that grace that we've already talked about. Everyone needs it. We talked about how everyone's committed sin. We read this verse last time. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, we read a verse in, uh, in 1 John chapter 1 that we'll read uh, towards the end of our study and that, that illustrated the fact that we, we're all still human and we all still deal with sin. We all still have temptation in some form or some, uh, some other form in our lives. And with that being said, we all, we're all still in need of forgiveness. 
We're all continually in need of this forgiveness because we all have that sin and we all have that debt in our life. John chapter 8 says, uh, speaking a, a story here, a, a, an event that happened where a woman was caught in the very act of adultery. A woman who was no doubt guilty. A woman who no doubt needed forgiveness. And they were ready to stone this woman. And Jesus says in the latter part of that verse, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Jesus teaches these people and us today still a very valuable lesson about forgiveness. We all want to be forgiven of the things we do. But it's easier to point at somebody else and look at it. Jesus, Jesus taught these people that were there today, look, you need forgiveness just as bad as she does. If you have any kind of sin in your life, you're just as in need of forgiveness. We often look at other people and go, man, they got some messed up stuff going on in their life. And we need forgiveness just the same as they do. And just as much. But with the fact that everyone needs forgiveness, the, the, the sad truth is that very few will find it. Very few in life will find true forgiveness. Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The sad truth is that very few people will find true forgiveness. And what this tells me is that we need to seek diligently to, to obtain that forgiveness from God. That it is an effort that few people will endure. It is an effort that few people are able to find. And that we need to seek that diligently. But back to the good news, God offers forgiveness. And Isaiah, another verse there, we, we see the level to which God offers forgiveness. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. We see that when we go to God with our sins and when God looks at us with our sins, we have a God that is merciful, that understands Sin that understands temptation. And just as importantly, we have a God that will abundantly pardon. Not, not just pardon our sins, but will abundantly pardon. If you're like me, you are in need of abundant pardoning a lot of times. Not just somebody who's going to offer you mercy and forgiveness, but somebody who's going to be really good to you. And that's the kind of God that we have. And that's what God desires. That's what, he, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be an abundant partner of sin. And the, the fact is, as we'll read in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 22, that, that the hard part has already been done. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Now the, the, the topic and what's going on here uh, in this writing in Hebrews may be slightly different than the way that I'm going to use it right now, but the point is, what, what's being taught here is that without the shedding of Jesus' blood, there's no such thing as forgiveness. And, and God has already offered that. And as I said just a second ago, the hard part has already been done. And God has already taken care of the difficult part. Jesus has already came here and lived a perfect life. He's already been crucified on the cross. 
He's already shed his blood. He, he already rose from the dead. And now here are you and I, and we have to accept that, those truths. And we have to find a way to obtain that forgiveness that God has already offered. That God is already willing to give us. So now the important part is how do we obtain that forgiveness? We understand that what forgiveness is, what, what we need forgiveness for, and, and in what things in our life we need forgiveness for, but how do we obtain that? And I didn't know another spot to put this, and so I, I decided to put it here. Uh, we'll need to turn in our, our Bibles to Galatians for a few verses. Uh, but there's also a parable in Matthew chapter 18 uh, about forgiveness. And we're not going to turn and read that. It's, it's quite a lengthy uh, parable as far as parables go. Where, where there's a man who's at debt. and his, He's at debt in a great amount. And his master uh, grants him forgiveness of that debt. Grants him pardon for that debt. And then that same man who's been forgiven turns around at a very fractional amount of debt and commands that of somebody beneath him. And so I ask the question, are we, are we willing to forgive other people? I, I, didn't, I chose not to read that parable because I thought I could, could sum that up right here in Matthew chapter 6 and Ephesians 4 where the Bible says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Ephesians says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I think before we go to seeking the forgiveness of God, or at the same time, maybe I should say, maybe I shouldn't say before, we have to understand some things that if God's going to be so abundantly pardoning for us, then, then we should be that way for other people. The Bible says in Matthew that if we forgive not other men their trespasses or their offenses that they've committed against us, that, that God's going to look at us and go, you're, you're not willing to have mercy on anybody and you expect my forgiveness. And unfortunately, that's how we are a lot of times. We go, man, Brandon did that thing to me five years ago, 20 years ago, and I'm still going to hold it against him a little bit. And if he does anything, he is right on the, he's on thin ice with me from now on. And, and we're willing to do that with each other because of our pride. And then we'll turn around and we'll pray and we'll beg God for forgiveness for, for something minor. So it seems. The fact is, we've, we've done far worse in a grievance towards God than, than one of us could easily ever do to the other. We have to remember that God, God has done this through Christ, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It's not just that God's forgiven us. He, he sent his son to be crucified because so, he wanted us to be forgiven so bad. He wants us to have forgiveness that bad. And then we're willing to turn around and go, man, I, I ain't never going to forget that. I'm going to hold it against him forever. I think it's important before we go to seeking forgiveness from God, are we even willing to forgive other people? Are we willing to be uh, merciful like God is merciful? So how do you obtain forgiveness? I think a very important question that you have to ask uh, before you get forgiveness is, is to know where you're at in life. It's to know what's going on in your own spiritual journey. Are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? You know, God gives this gift that we read of in Romans chapter 6 in the 23rd verse where he says that it is the gift of God. He gives this to his children. This isn't a gift that God offers to just 
every person that's ever walked the earth. He's, he will offer it. But have you accepted that gift? Are you a child of his? And this is where I'd like to read briefly a few verses in Galatians chapter 4. If we look in the third verse there, uh, once again, Paul teaching to the Galatians uh, to teach a somewhat different point, um, but he gives us this teaching and this illustration. He says in the third verse, Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You know if you send your children to the, to the neighbor's house then, and you expect them to give them a birthday present, they probably ain't getting no birthday present from the neighbor. You ain't my kid. <laughs> Go home. Let me tell you, if, if you adopt somebody, if you were to adopt a child, you're going to get them a birthday present. You're going to get them something at Christmas because they're yours. They're, they're your child. And you're offering them that gift. And it's the same thing here with God. What well, he's... He's illustrating old law, new law here. But he's saying that you know, to be in this new law and to accept that Christ is a sacrifice now and to accept and, and be baptized in him is to be adopted and to be an adopted son of God. And that's what we are. If you're not a Christian today, then, then frankly you don't belong to Christ. You don't belong to him. But the Bible says if we are a Christian, if we are a child of his, then we're, we're an adopted son. And better yet than that, at the end of verse number 7, it says that we're an heir, a joint heir with Christ in receiving the promises that God has offered. And those promises are forgiveness. Also, before we look into the differences between a, a child of God's, a Christian, or a non-Christian obtaining forgiveness, I think it's important to look at this verse in Psalms. It says there, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. What God is looking for, what, what God enjoys is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. What this means is somebody who recognizes their sin. Somebody who recognizes that, that Christ has died for them and recognizes the cost that Jesus paid and searches for forgiveness because of those facts. The Bible says that these elements in a person, these qualities in a person are the sacrifices of God. You know what the sacrifices of God means there? I thought this was pretty interesting. Well, it's not God sacrificing anything of himself. What this means is the sacrifices that God enjoys, the sacrifices that God is looking for, the sacrifices that God desires to see in you and I. And instead of sacrifice, you can think about the word, you know, offering. What are you offering to God? Because what God, the offering that God wants us to bring to him is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. It says that God will not despise that. He wants somebody to know they've messed up when they come to him and ask for forgiveness. To be recognizing of that. And to be wanting to and willing to repent. So let's say you're not yet a Christian. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 
the first chapter in the eighth verse, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Bible tells us very plainly that if, if we want to be a joint heir with Christ, if we want to obtain that forgiveness, that we have to obey the gospel of Jesus. And, and really, there's no other way around it. There's nothing else we can talk about besides understanding that we have to be obedient to that gospel. We have to be obedient to that good news in knowing that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and lived a perfect life for us. And the way that works is that you must believe. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The Bible tells us that, that we must believe. That we must believe who Jesus was, who Jesus is today, that, that he was the Son of God, that he came here, that he lived a perfect life, that he died for our sins. If we want to obtain forgiveness and you're not a Christian, you, you must do this. The Bible tells us that we must be repenting. Luke says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We must change our course and be willing to change our actions and change our mindset about the way that we live. Romans 10 and verse number 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible tells us that, that we have to confess these things, that we have to confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that we need his forgiveness. And finally, Peter wraps it up in, in a sermon here in Acts chapter 2 where he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or for the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The fact is, if you're not a Christian today and you want to obtain mercy and you want to obtain forgiveness, you must do these things. You must believe, you must repent, you must confess, and you must be baptized. What if you are a Christian? I suppose most people here are, are probably Christians. And, and we still need forgiveness. We still deal with sin. We still deal with temptation. And we're still in need of forgiveness. Proverbs says that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. James says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God knows that you're going to deal with sin. God, God knows that you're dealing with sin in your life today. He knows that it's human nature to deal with sin like we talked about uh, in our last study. And God's not wanting you to cover that up. He's not wanting you to commit your sin and, and hide it over here and dwell on that and, and nurture that sin and continue to commit that sin. He's wanting you to get that into the open and, and confess that to somebody. That's not very fun. That's not very fun. Have you ever confessed your, any sins, any problems to anybody? The Bible tells us we, we have to do that. We have to be confessing Christians. I don't think this means you've got to tell everybody what your problems are. I don't think this means you've got to tell somebody every time you mess up. Maybe for you and your situation, you do need to do that. That may be necessary. The Bible says we need to be confessing our faults. But we need to have somebody that's going to be there and help us. And if you're a Christian and you want forgiveness today, there's no way around it. You must be a confessing Christian. There's no way around it. Confess those faults 
one to another, James says. He, he makes it pretty clear. He doesn't just mean confess them to God. Confess them to one another as well as confess them to God. In 1 John chapter 1, this is a verse we looked at pretty extensively last time. And I want to go over that once more. The Bible says there, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But verse number nine is important where it says, if we confess our sins, he, speaking of, of God, is, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to be repenting Christians. We have to be confessing Christians to God. We have to walk in the light. We have to make sure we're not making a pattern of sin in our lives. You want forgiveness today and you're a Christian? Don't make sin uh, a pattern in your life. Don't make a pattern of sin there. And the Bible tells us if we do that, we have fellowship with God. He tells us if we do that, then the blood of Jesus will continually cleanse us from sin. And if we, if we turn around and go, well, we ain't got sin, man, I'm doing pretty good, then we're just deceiving ourselves. We have to recognize that, that we're going to struggle with sin. And he says, be in the case. Since that's the case, then we got to confess our sins. And if you're willing to confess your sins, God is going to be faithful and he's going to be just to forgive you of those sins. As we close our, our lesson this afternoon, uh, this is the lot hard. This is the good news. This is the good part. Forgiveness leads to reward. I tell you, a few people find forgiveness, but when they find forgiveness, they find real, true, legitimate forgiveness. It's the only kind of forgiveness that God can offer. It's the only kind of forgiveness that He knows. Paul says, "But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood." We shall be saved. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Forgiveness that God offers leads to reward. Those who are forgiven of God, those who walk in the light as Christ is in the light, they have forgiveness. They enjoy forgiveness. And the best part about that forgiveness is that forgiveness leads to reward is that the, the forgiveness that God offers is eternal forgiveness. It's not forgiveness that the next time you mess up, he's going to lay it all back on your plate. It's eternal and permanent forgiveness. And finally, in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death, Paul says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The forgiveness that God offers is eternal and that's incredible. They tell you there's sin in the world. We all deal with sin. We all have to deal with temptation. But the good news is that God offers this incredible forgiveness. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.